If ghosts are really dead people, are you safest in your living room? What's worse, your home getting possessed or repossessed? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This Paranormal Life. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. It is Tuesday once again, you're listening to This Paranormal Life, the paranormal podcast where every week we dissect a different paranormal tale, case or claim and get to the bottom of whether that is true or false. As always, you're joined by the two greatest, uh, most decorated paranormal investigators in the whole wide world. That's myself, Mr. Kit, and this guy, Mr. Rory. Boo, motherfuckers. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to be here for another week investigating the scariest stuff that scars this universe. The stuff that, you know, if we were all just good Christians to each other week in, week out, we wouldn't have to deal with. But unfortunately, there's sinners out there. Exactly. And we have to pay for their sins by dealing with the Bigfoot, dealing with the Sasquatch, dealing with uh, the Loch Ness Monster and other such demonic creatures. Exactly. As always, we're just going to dive right in. We're not going to mess about this week. Like many weeks, actually, these days, comes as a listener submission suggestion. Ah. This comes from one L. Hanrahan, who I think we shouted out recently. Thanks, L. You know, lots of people pitch us ideas lately, and please keep sending them to thisparanormallifepodcast at gmail.com because they have been stellar recently. They really have. Um, and one's from locations where the listeners are based as well so like hey this was from my hometown yeah this is a ghost that lived next door to me some really personal stuff yeah some real first-hand tmi information oh yeah yeah i think my dad was abducted when i was six he went out for a pack of smokes and i haven't seen him since (laughs) please get to the bottom of this one asap I mean, in the beginning, people were just like, hey, have you heard of the Loch Ness Monster? First it was Bigfoot. Now we're investigating the shit that Bigfoot's scared of. (laughs) Bigfoot is contacting us to deal with some even more paranormal cases. But Elle has actually gone to the next level. She has not only given us a suggestion, not only researched this story herself, but actually submitted, (laughs) sent us the body of a grey to our P.O. box. Bastard was was crushed in there. Evidence is useless now. He's goo. But no, she's actually submitted her paranormal Harvard PhD thesis. Wow. Yeah, this is a fellow alumni of Harvard Paranormal. Um, There's not many of them in the world, but um, we really appreciate you you running this by us before you submit it for your uh, final year. Part of the Illuminati. So without any further ado, we're going to jump right in. It's 1994 in Oakville, Washington. Date? Irrelevant. Nice. Month? August. It's just a quiet day in the sleepy and quiet town. According to Google Maps, Oakville has a population of about 600 people. And according to SoundCloud, we don't have a single listener in this town, so we can openly talk as much shit as we want about these guys. Love it. Sometimes when we cover different locations I've never heard of before, I like to just quickly Google it jump in jump the little street view guy in there that's a good idea just have a look around find their weaknesses you know yeah scan the perimeter of the town where's a good vantage point uh, are there many police stations are there any military bases if not that will not be a good place for the commune because um we we don't tend to get on well with law enforcement with johnny law with uncle sam so here's <laughs> here's what we're dealing with here i don't know if you can see this i am wearing sunglasses You'll probably <laughs> take these off it's dark as shit turn the brightness up (laughs) as you said we have no listeners based in this town so uh to describe it accurately we are looking at the ass end of butt 
nowhere. A dirty little dust town in, in the end of rural America. I don't think the dictionaries in this town contain the word culture. Or words. It's a coloring book. I think this is the type of place where everyone more or less looks the same. You kind of run into someone in the street and then the next day you can't be sure if you met that person the next time you run into someone. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure I, they all look the same. It's hard to tell. And the majority is called Chuck. Most of them are called Chuck. It's like, didn't we meet Chuck? No, you met my brother Chuck the 13th. I'm Chuck the 14th. He's the smart one. I'm the pretty one. And I was reading about Oakville on Wikipedia and one quote that I really liked, a 1909 quote from the US Railroad Commission. They said... Oakville's a growing town of around 400 people and will develop more rapidly as the resources of the surrounding district are more thoroughly exploited. So fast forward over 100 years and the population has grown by 200 people. <laughs> uh, so... I mean, like the, the chief engineer of the railroad would say, it's a town with a lot of potential and a lot of great resources. Unfortunately, when we sent our engineers there to talk about developing a railroad, they were burnt for being a witch. <laughs> the town does not accept electricity, let alone trains. Okay, but I'm exaggerating a little. But yes, for the citizens of this sleepy logging town, there was largely nothing unusual about this particular August 7th in 1994. Until about 3 a.m. While most were sound asleep, a heavy rain started. Normal enough for the Pacific Northwest, but this was no ordinary rain. Because it wasn't raining water. Oakville police officer David Lacey is driving on a very late or very early patrol, depending on how you look at it, around this time of night. When... He turns on his wipers to clear the windscreen from the rain. But as soon as those windscreens hit the, quote, water, it smears a thick gel all over his windscreen. Immediately, he can't see a thing. He pulls over and jumps out of the car, not knowing what on earth this was. He grabs some latex gloves from the back of the car to carefully touch the goo that's now covering the entire bonnet and is still falling like rain around him. What in the hell? He later said it was, quote, very mushy, almost like you had jello in your hand. We turned our windshield wipers on and it just started smearing to the point where we could almost not see. And we both looked at each other and we said, you know, Jesus isn't right. I mean, we're out in the middle of nowhere, basically, and, and where did this come from? Well, Officer Lacey slowly navigated home and turned in for the night. But the following morning, the residents of Oakville woke up to discover their sleepy town was a lot more gooey than usual. And it's usually pretty damn gooey. These guys don't clean a lot. There are frogs, there are slugs, there are snails, there are <laughs> all sorts of creatures and slime creatures, swamp dwellers, um, dragging their slimy bodies all over this little shitty town. This isn't a town that gets cleaned a lot, by the way. The first time someone tried to introduce them to a Roomba, he was burnt for being a witch. Right. It's the a Dyson salesman, witch burnt. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the kind of guys who just show up with like trying to um, sell uh, like fuzzy dusters and mops and things. Borderline sponges. Yeah, just a sponge. I think that guy got flogged. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, absorb this. And they pushed him into a river. Um, there was a lot of just just unaccepting of, of any foreigners, really, of any kind, especially mm -hmm. ones who were trying to encourage uh, any sense of hygiene in the town. From early in the town's inception, I think they recognized 
the sheer prevalence of local slime creatures. And I think they really exalted those creatures to a kind of pagan animal worship cult status. And um, so they really, they really embrace the slime, embrace the wet. Yeah, ironically becoming witches themselves. In the Uh, process, absolute druids of themselves. (laughs) Unaware that you're a witch, burning people for witchcraft. Like, this guy's definitely a witch. Let's tie him up, use our f***ing spells. (laughs) You guys are wearing the pointy hats. Giant circular pointy hats. He came here in a broom. I saw him. Black cats everywhere. (laughs) Silence, witch. (laughs) You all laugh like that. Like, is he eating Eye of Newt? Uh, that's Eye of Toad, actually. Still pretty witchy. Local delicacy, bro. (laughs) Hard cut to the local hospital. A local nurse is clocking on for the day to find the waiting room absolutely packed out. What on earth is going on? Bearing in mind this is a really small town, there's only so many people can be sick at any one time. Right. Members of staff are all scrambling around. What's going on? Hell if I know, grab a stethoscope and help someone. I don't know if that's how doctors talk, but I figure they might say stuff like that. Yeah, 200 cc's of medicine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah medicine. I don't care what medicine. We don't have time. <laughs> God damn it, this man needs medicine. Someone bring me the cure. You know, <laughs> things like that. Tap that guy's knee with a tiny hammer. <laughs> Get him to say, ah. Cut him open. Sew him up again. I actually have a throat infection. They like start amputating your leg. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hitting you with a tiny hammer. <laughs> When doctors are just hitting people with two by fours, like, what possible treatment is that? <laughs> Nurse, you need to put this man's ass to sleep. What? Why just the ass? <laughs> my eyes hurt. <laughs> I was just swinging by to get some paracetamol for my wife. <laughs> anyway, whatever the doctors said to each other, something was going on. People were seriously ill. We're talking from general nausea right through to impaired vision. Right and d- through to goo in the eyes. <laughs> We're talking from goo in the stomach, goo to goo in the eyes, goo in the ears. We're talking difficulty seeing, difficulty hearing. Difficulty speaking through goo. All goo-related symptoms were there. But it wasn't just the human residents who had problems either. The local vet is queued out the door with sick dogs and cats and their worried owners. Oh, damn. What in the goddamn hell is happening? Everybody... And the whole town came down with like a flu, only it was a really hard flu. It didn't last like seven days. It lasted like seven weeks, two or three months. Now, this would have been mental enough, but after a few days, the event is starting to fade from memory. People and animals' health is recovering. You know, it's like whenever there's a flash in the pan occurrence like that, everyone scrambles around for a while, but then suddenly, once it's over and there's no clear cause, everyone goes, I guess there, I guess there's some, something was going around. Huh? It's true. It's true. But just at that point, the mysterious rain fell again. And not just once, but again. And again, over the next week or so, it fell something like six times. Wow. Gelatinous, sticky blobs around the size of individual grains of rice falling like rain across the whole town. Now, if this happened to me, I'm going to start assuming this is a biblical plague. I'm going to start reading the Bible, crying, asking for forgiveness, assuming the world is about to end altogether. But luckily, there are smarter people in the world than me. There are scientists. Nice. I mean, not in this town, but probably a town over. Yeah, like one town over. They had to call. And that phone isn't even really numbers. It's like pictures. They understand it better. So 911 is like cow cow horse. They dial cow cow horse and it connects them to like <laughs> like a fake police, like a robot cop. Where it's like, we are listening. We are listening. Please <laughs> tell us what is wrong. <laughs> 
even though it's 911, is like, your call is important to us. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get back to it after lunch. But a scientist answered the call. A local hospital researcher caught wind of what was happening in Oakville, drove through town, got out to take a little test tube sample and get it back to the lab. After all, people are getting sick, pets are dying, and it keeps happening. So if there is a clue for how to stop this thing, it will be under the microscope. The researcher is in the lab at midnight. She's chain smoking. You know, the lights are low. She's yeah. drinking whiskey. Maybe the radio's on the background. Bad, I mean, bad scientists. She's looking through the microscope. You know, the answer machine goes off in the background. Beep. It's her husband like, I want a divorce. Sweetie, are you coming home? Please don't stay late again tonight. I know you think it's up to you to solve the mystery of the blob rain, but it's not your fault. Look, we tried to save Fluffy the cat. We did everything we could, but there's nothing we could do. There's nothing anyone could have done. Please don't blame yourself. And you know, she throws her whiskey glass against the answering machine. She goes, damn it, if we could just figure out where these blobs are coming from, Fluffy would still be alive. There's like a picture of Fluffy right there on the table beside her. Just adorable. Yeah. And just as the answering machine hangs up, it's the chemical analysis program she was running. It's finished computing. She runs over to the desk to check the results. And she's in disbelief. She's looking at the screen. It can't be. The results say that the blob was primarily white blood cells. What? Human white blood cells. Jesus. So imagine at this point, we're a few days into this mysterious crisis. You're this researcher. What are you thinking right off the bat? That, that conclusion is kind of the equivalent of the calls coming from inside the house. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm the goo. At that point, it's like, load the gun and start firing wildly into your own stomach. It's one step away from it being Fluffy's DNA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, under the microscope, you can see parts of her collar, and you're like, oh! <gasps> There's like a the dead are raining from the skies. There's like a zodiac. She looks under the microscope and zooms in, enlarge, enlarge, enlarge. There's a zodiac killer style ransom note. That would be, I think, the grimmest conclusion is that the answer was just that heaven is full. And the, <laughs> the more people that are dying, the more people are being pushed off the sides Jesus. of the clouds and like dissolving on impact back down Whoa. to earth. That's dark. That's really dark. You know, though, that Oakville had someone religious enough to believe that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like I think it was the mayor as well. <laughs> <laughs> Heaven's full. We might as well start digging down and just get it over with. <laughs> Heaven's full. That means there's only one place left to go. <laughs> Turns the cross upside down. <laughs> We're going to dive right <laughs> We better start appeasing the Dark Lord so that we can be in his best favor for when the time comes for judgment. We are going to divert all city funds into digging a three-mile-deep hole in the ground. We will start sending man, woman, and child down that hole. We gotta do this before hell gets full. <laughs> Otherwise, who knows where we'll have to go. Stay here? God forbid. <laughs> I know, that's a great thing to happen. Hell being full... And you having to go to heaven is like the equivalent of economy <laughs> class getting overbooked. And they're like, we had to upgrade you to business for free. Yeah. Because legally we have to get you on the flight. That would be the, the craziest thing if you had like murdered and stolen your way through life. 
and then you know like you die the demon hands like pull you down into the grave and you're like all right i've been ready for this my whole life i know where i'm going it's like man we're full there's been like a whole eternity of assholes down here we are packed out you gotta go to the big man upstairs <laughs> shit i wasn't expecting it. i mean i've carved a goddamn pentagram into my chest i was fully committed to this experience and then the 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 weird twist is though when he goes up to heaven Mm. it's so perfect and everyone's so nice that's his hell because he (laughs) hates it because he's like i want to i'm gonna kill everyone so you can't kill here you know he tries to stab someone and like it just turns to flowers that kind of push against someone's cheek and they're like oh thank you everyone's like whoa you're harshing my buzz bro just calm down have a turmeric smoothie no (laughs) hey jc's over here running a yoga retreat want to join ah take me hell give me some whiskey whisk (laughs) all we have here is iodine water (laughs) it's just boulder colorado i know at this point the ideal would be i'd show you some evidence yeah hang tight okay all right that's a big ask but but i will give you something this is an image that floats around the internet associated with this case right i'm just going to come right on and say it. this isn't the actual goo but this is i think a good like artist interpretation of kind of what we're dealing with here okay that kind of thing okay so we're, apparently it's totally clear right 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 because i was thinking green you know like goo green right. that's off the bat right no this this thing's totally clear just gooey gelatinous just to give you a picture the substance it was very mushy uh it's almost like if you had jello in your hand and you know you could pretty much squish it through your fingers we knew it wasn't something that we would normally see because we had never experienced it before so we did have some bells go off in our heads that basically said that this isn't right this isn't normal but just because they discovered something about the blobs didn't mean they were any closer to a solution. For example, Dottie Heeren was an Oakville local who, after coming into contact with the globs, collapsed in her own house. And it was only her own children that discovered her on the floor and they rushed her to hospital, where she developed flu-like symptoms that lasted up to three months. Wow. When the doctor was asked to give a diagnosis, he shrugged and said, some type of virus. Wow bad doctor i mean you could be more specific than that don't shrug as a a general rule of thumb you got to be confident there's there's like a scientific way as way as well to to say some type of virus it'd be like it's some type of um unknown uh virus in the body that we were having a hard time pinpointing exactly where it has come from yeah at least oh bad bones she's got the sneezies uh witch (laughs) He's got, you look and he's got a flaming torch. Oh, Jesus, no. Why is there gasoline in the IV drip? He's he's one of those like plague doctors with the giant beak. <laughs> he takes it off and he's just like oozing goo as well. Like he's got it way worse than anyone else. At least the doctor should be healthy. <laughs> That's a sign of how bad this town is. The doctor's sick as f- The doctor's asking you like, bro, I feel awful. <laughs> feel bad for your mom check this out he takes his mask <laughs> oh off. oh my god yeah i know right <laughs> like what's wrong with you shrugs i've, I've tried everything <laughs> bed rest sleeping so mostly sleeping <laughs> <laughs> i've tried sleeping snoozing <laughs> drifting <rest>. off <laughs> napping dozing <laughs> None of it's worked. So just sleeping. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. <laughs> So when the staff at the hospital learned about the white blood cell content of the blobs, they wanted confirmation. Because bearing in mind, this is just one researcher. Uh, they wanted to do some further study. So they passed it along to the Washington State Health Lab. You know, they wanted to get it out of those shitty Oakville labs. Absolutely. The Washington State Health it's Lab. Very smart idea. There, a scientist called Mike McDowell studied it. He tried to detect the presence of bacteria on this sample by applying the goo to a bacterial medium to see if anything would grow. Oh, that's really smart, actually. And he had, from what I understand, some success. I think he got two different species of bacterium to grow on this sample, indicating that it may be organic, doesn't mean that it's white blood cells. Mm. But this gave him an idea. He thought to himself, what if we can't detect what this is because it's not a natural phenomenon? What if this is actually man-made? What if the goo isn't the point, but it's just a medium, a carrier for something else like this bacteria? Wow. So if it's man-made, who could have made this? Mike probably only told one or two people within the department about this wild idea, which made it even more unusual when one day when he turned up for work to continue research on the substance, all the samples were gone. According to Mike, every sample of the blobs was removed from the lab. The only time in his 30-year career that samples had gone missing. Did someone want it for themselves? Or did they want to stop any further research? So basically what we have here is a case in which we have pretty good documentation as well as pretty much a paper trail of the actual government's involvement in trying to solve this mystery. Yeah. We had the State Department of Health actually conduct tests on this. But those tests were cut short for unknown reasons. I'm going to outline a couple of the theories. People theorize this could be somehow connected to naval drills. Okay. It was theorized that these naval bombings may have destroyed a school of jellyfish in the sea. Okay. Sent the jellyfish pieces flying into the air that traveled 50 miles inland through clouds and weather formations. Yeah. Only to fall on the town of Oakville. Uh, six times over the course of a week or two. Right. This sounds mental and so unbelievable, but this is, believe it or not, one of the more popular explanations for what could happen. Would, if it was the jelly from a jellyfish, yeah. would that not have possibly been uh, easily identified by scientists had they broken it down under a microscope? 
Great question. Part of the problem here was that it only got as far as a hospital researcher right. and later the State Department of Health. Never anywhere near a biologist or anyone who would have knowledge about that. Yes, they said it was white blood cells. Maybe they just identified a organic structure, believed it to look like white blood cells. Right. Then it went on to the state, state health department, but weren't able to say definitively, maybe because they don't have any experience with jellyfish matter or that's true because I, I i don't really know a lot about jellyfish as, as far as i'm aware the, the way their body operates is just pure magic uh, <laughs> i don't know if they're because there's no blood in and them, as right? a they're resident just... <laughs> of oakville i will burn them at the stake at every chance i get for their magic with fire their mortal enemy these sea beasts the only magic i can harness i have yeah i have no idea what the genetic makeup of a jellyfish is yeah. Presumably the goop would carry some sort of indication of life. This theory was not popular with residents of Oakville. Of they didn't buy it for a second. They were like, that is plain bullcrap. On to theory two. One theory is that it may have been, and this is disgusting, human waste dumped from a passing plane overhead. Oh, God. You know when you poop in an airplane and you hit the flush and it's really scary because it's loud and it gets sucked out there? Yeah. Um, where does it go eventually? I mean, I would have assumed that it, they just empty it when they get to an airport. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. But I guess I've never seen that happen. I've seen them refuel. I've seen them... Not de-poop. Take the... Exactly. <laughs> the, the pilot never goes... Oh, thanks for waiting here. We're just taxiing and uh, de-pooping the aircraft. <laughs> and we'll be taking off in about 15 minutes. That never happens. It was uh, Taco Tuesdays over in <laughs> Miami, Miami where we departed. So uh, this is going to be a longer session than usual. <laughs> so please uh, ignore the um, sound. That's just the sound of the plane emptying. It's, uh, <laughs> it's incredibly long and distracting and disgusting. But um, that is just the sound of a Boeing 737 de-pooping. So, <laughs> de-pooping. I love it. <laughs> that's what I'm going to call going to the bathroom from now on. <laughs> Hold on a sec, guys. I got a de-poop. <laughs> Uh, uh, why was it gelatinous then? I mean, what does yours look like? <laughs> Am I weird? <laughs> yours isn't clear goo. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know how they thought this would fly either. Apparently, this is a somewhat viable explanation. But one major problem with it is that the U.S. Federal Aviation Administration requires that all plane waste must be dyed blue. Oh. So even if... So it, apparently it is possible that they just dumped it over a town. Fair enough. But that it would be blue if it was if it landed. Although it is, of course, illegal to do it over populated areas. I think they may, if they do it at all, it's probably over the ocean. Right, like right, that. right. And... A bigger problem with this is this would have have <laughs> had to have happened six times over the course of a couple weeks. Another great point. Which, unless some pilot had a real issue with Oakville, Washington. A vendetta, yeah. So this does seem unlikely, although it might explain the bacteria. The third major theory is more in line with what Mike, the scientist at the State Department of Health, was starting to think about biological warfare test mm. maybe this goo wasn't an organic substance like jellyfish or poop but actually it was a inorganic matrix used to hold some kind of bacteria or virus whilst that seems outlandish whilst it is illegal 
internationally it is a crime against humanity to test biological weapons on a populated area, it would explain people getting sick. It would explain the appearance out of nowhere. It would explain no normal natural explanation for how this happened, but how these pets died and how people got ill for months at a time. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm going to put on my paranormal investigator voice for a second here, people. Please, please. But do you really believe that this is the first time the American military has tested biological weapons on the unknowing and unwilling populated cities of the USA? Hell no. No. Why don't you look at a little thing called MKUltra, folks, all right? There are Let's records. Right. That's right. There are documents we that have, have been unclassified to show that these experiments took place. If you can't be bothered reading the documents, just watch Wormwood, the documentary on Netflix, and you will see that the CIA poisoned a man with LSD unknowingly, and he threw himself off of a goddamn building. All true. Even though we're doing the voice. All true. And before we even start talking about the uh, possible legitimacy of those popular theories, I would like to um, shout out Elle here, who has actually, as part of her thesis, gone as far to include some of her own theories, which are definitely worth thinking about. Okay. She writes, My theory is that the blobs are either... One, the splattered remains of alien gray skydivers who have plummeted to Earth in attempts to meet the president himself. They missed the White House, but still hit Washington. (laughs) And Al actually followed up in a as later email and said, just realize Washington isn't the same as Washington, (laughs) D.C. Unfortunately, due to their body composition, the Earth's atmosphere turned them into a clear jelly before they ever hit the ground. I do always love the idea of like hyper intelligent aliens coming to invade and conquer Earth and then be like tripping at the first hurdle they didn't even think of. Mm. Like, you know, War of the Worlds. They just died because they weren't used to human bacteria. And this one would be, you know, they've like got all their top gear and equipment on. They're ready to all jump out of this giant war carrier. And they jump out like thinking that they'll safely float to Earth, mm-hmm. not realizing that Earth's gravity is like seven times as as heavy as the one on their home planet. And they all just like sky Just, just jellified yeah, instantly. absolutely destroyed on impact. <laughs> Two. The aliens were trying to dump their own poop from a spacecraft before returning to their home planet, which they do not, they are not legally required to dye blue. The multiple instances of rain are justified to the number of times the aliens were sent to Washington and they had to empty the poop tank each time. Very interesting. Thirdly, my final possibility is that the aliens are in fact giant sentient jellyfish who were pissed at the government for bombing their earthbound relatives in the Pacific Ocean and then launched themselves from space to punish Washington. Again, wrong Washington. But the aliens maybe got that wrong too. Exactly. If a human can do it, an alien can do it too. (laughs) And I like this a lot. Finally, is it possible that the dramatically low reported cases of this event have had men in black intervention to stop people speaking out or coming forward with statements? Very interesting. Mm. Going through those popular official theories and then some of Al's more wild paranormal ideas. Yes. Um, do any of those make sense to you? Uh, I like a lot of Al's theories. Mm-hmm. Some of them, obviously, don't know if they'll uh, hold up in the court of the paranormal. Right. Uh, aliens f- dumping their feces on the earth. As we know, 
uh, aliens such as Ebens do not really poop yeah. a lot or at all. They kind of just touch an orb. Aliens, we know to be super advanced if they can come to Earth. I've dropped my phone. Aliens, super advanced, very advanced spacecraft. They can travel across the universe, superhuman intelligence. The first thing they do with their superhuman abilities is they um, fuse up their butts. And yeah. they don't need to poop anymore. They get rid of that whole sad fact of reality. Um, Absolutely. Beings need to excrete. So Yeah, un- until we evolve beyond the need for uh, pooping, yeah. I think mankind will forever be handcuffed to the savagery of our evolutionary path. You can quote me on that one. We've been trying to get in touch with Elon for a while because Elon is, um, he's, interest, he's interested in some really transhumanist ideas, this idea of trying to leave planet Earth, move to Mars, um, terraform Mars so that it's habitable for human life. Yeah. Um, and I've really been trying to sell him on the idea that we could actually go a lot further than Mars if we eliminate the need for pooping altogether. Absolutely. So just as the last thing to wrap this up, I just wanted to show you, it's rare that actually a paranormal event is covered in the New York Times. So I've got right here a clipping from 1994 from the New York Times. Oh Mis- my God. Mystery blobs were once alive. Jesus. <clears throat> And that's quite interesting because I think they wrote that more or less right in the middle of the investigation. So with uh, they even talk about the investigation of the state health department in the hospital. A number of theories have been launched, such as the flying jellyfish theory. That was printed in the goddamn New York Times, the flying jellyfish theory. I love it. Just like L, great minds think alike. <laughs> she fabricated that whole article. <laughs> Never f-ing happened. There's a number of cells of various sizes. Hmm... Some people want to start an annual jellyfish festival now where they shoot jelly into the town with a cannon. <laughs> the town is all the town's tavern is also concocting a new drink, the jellyfish. <laughs> we hadn't actually considered the possibility that this is a publicity stunt for a very small underfunded town to uh, drive visitors from afar, which would be funny because it didn't f-ing work. <laughs> Why they thought people would want to visit a diseased goo town <laughs> is beyond me. Yeah, I, I actually completely forgot about that, about how the townspeople... It's quite funny that even though I'm painting the picture that people got seriously ill and their pets died, a lot of people got on board with the fun of the goo town. And <laughs> goo town! <laughs> goo town, USA. They launched the first ever jelly festival, an annual celebration of all things goo. I know the last time, which is quite recently that we listed the ingredients for a paranormal linked beverage. Yeah. People on our Facebook society actually went ahead and made the drink. And that was the butter whiskey. That was the sculpting. Yeah. The butter whiskey cocktail. People went and made it and posted pictures. That was hilarious. I love it. So I'm going to tell you right now that the New York times in 1994, August 20th printed that the local tavern in Oakville started the jellyfish cocktail made with vodka, gelatin, and juice. Okay, that's pretty simple. Pretty simple. Although the gelatin, that's a real curveball. Yeah. Like that's going to make it thick and gooey. Isn't that just a jelly shot, basically? Yes. Something like that. Please post us a picture. That's hilarious. What I love about this case is that, like you just saw, in the paper from 1994, this is done on public record. This absolutely happened. 
some accounts will tell you that everyone in the town was diseased after this and everyone was afflicted with it and pets dropped dead everywhere. Um, other more conservative claims will tell you that to this day, there's probably actually only a couple of people who will say that they were personally affected by this. And I know people aren't coming out left, right and center to talk about it, even though there have been there has been a National Geographic documentary about it. There's been um, an Unsolved Mysteries investigation into it. But despite this kind of dearth of public information, there's still a wide gulf between the different possibilities of what happened here, particularly when you are in our line of work, trying to determine whether something was paranormal or not. Of course. Looking at some of the more mundane explanations for what happened, right through to some of Al's alien skydiving explanations, what do you think makes the most sense today? We have a lot of great options for this case, which is great because a lot of the times our case comes down to did it happen or did it not happen? Right. Uh, whereas now we have the path of it happening and a lot of explanations for it happening. Uh, L raised some great ones, some pretty outlandish ones, but hell, this is the world of the paranormal here. Nothing's too crazy, folks. Then, as you said, towards the end of your conclusion, there are three real popular theories, which was uh, the nuked jellyfish in the ocean, poop from a plane or finally what we have is biological warfare testing by the u.s government mm -hmm. of all of those conclusions the one that makes the most sense and appeals to me the most is number three biological weapons testing on the public by the u.s government jesus now that's a tall claim sir i wanted to i i was on my phone earlier because i wanted to just double check my facts mm -hmm. of of how big a thing this was. But even a quick Google let me know that there was an actual declassified operation of germ warfare testing, a program that went on for 20 years in the U.S. government from 1949 to 1969. But was that testing on U.S. soil? It was. It absolutely was. I mean, for one example that I've got here uh, from businessinsider.com, and I think they know what they're talking about because they're inside they're the business. It states that uh, on September 20th, 1950, a U.S. Navy ship just off the coast of San Francisco used a giant hose to spray, to spray a cloud of microbes into the air. Jesus. It was uh, testing how a biological weapon attack would affect the residents of the city oh by God. attacking them with a biological weapon. Christ alive. And that's only one example. Um, you, you'll actually freak yourself out if you uh, go online and look into the history of the government. I'm getting re really paranormal here. Real conspiracy hat real quick. Despite having researched this whole topic, it was something I'm pretty naive about. I don't really know that. I know that it has happened in specific circumstances in the past, but I... I thought that it was more relegated to, like I said, the kind of thing in MKUltra where it was specific programs with a limited number of participants. Yeah. But to think that they may have been testing blindly against a populace. Oh, yeah. That's something else altogether. Actually reading some of the few testimonies that do exist from the likes of the National Geographic show who went to Oakville. It does seem to be a popular sentiment in Oakville amongst the locals is they're not really thinking too much about jellyfish. They're not believing the uh, airplane stuff too much. You'll hear a few residents say that August 1994, we had a ton of military aircraft flying overhead. We had blacked out jets flying overhead. Yeah. We had helicopters flying overhead. You know, every few hours for a couple days. They do seem to believe that there's probably some connection between those two. 
Well, it's a perfect spot as well. Like a small town like this with a controlled population mm -hmm. where, you know, if something outlandish happens like this, people aren't necessarily going to be inclined to believe the people of this town. Mm -hmm. And it is interesting. Hell, if... we've started disparaging them right here on the podcast. <laughs> From the launch of this episode, we were already making fun of them. And if the events uh, of this case have proceeded as you described, it is interesting to note that once the samples of the goop reached the hands of people who were examining them under a microscope and talking to their friends about the results of these tests, there was no more goop dropping. That's right. When it became uh, sort of a suspicious activity, no more testing anymore because they can't risk the goop falling into the wrong hands. You know, we have a bit of a scattergun case here where all the jigsaw pieces are all over the floor. But the jigsaw pieces that do fit together, they create the image of the Pentagon. <laughs> Okay, the jigsaw pieces that fit together, they they fit together to create an Obama, okay? Yeah. And it's not so much of a puzzle because guess what? G goop connects to goop pretty damn easy. There's no slotting it into shape. You just push it together. Yeah, you take out the box and it says a thousand pieces. Of and then goop. You, and then you open up the box and it's just like flubber pours out. <laughs> it's really not a puzzle at all. No, right. no, no, no. So as always on this podcast, we have to come down to a uh, yes or no as to whether this is actually paranormal. Without putting words in your mouth, it sounds like we're coming down on maybe this thing isn't paranormal. Right. But maybe this thing is goddamn conspiratorial. Exactly. And in my book, that falls under the blanket of paranormal. Yeah? That is, that is outside the norm. It's not maybe outside of this universe, uh -huh. but it's still pretty... Pretty, pretty damn strange. Yeah. Is this like a new classification? If we cover something that's like a crazy conspiracy, are we able to give this a yes? I think so. I think so. Well, then it's two yeses. Yes. And we are breaking ground here for the first time ever. I believe we are saying yes on a user submission. Really? Is this the first time? I Well, I don't want to say that because like David's going to be home being like, you sons of bitches! <laughs> I sent in Atlantis! He's got like a golden record on the on the wall yeah. of his achievement. <laughs> wow, all I gotta say is, folks, if this is in any indication of the quality investigating that our audience is capable of, if you think there's a case out there that is a, a certified yes, please send it in. Send in your research. We would love to take a look at because it. Because we had never heard of this one. Um, and needless to say, Elle's going to be getting her PhD from Harvard Paranormal. Absolutely. Double yes. Who knew that was going to happen today? <laughs> Woo! It's a rarity. I need some, some whiskey let's, or let's something. Let's get some champagne, brother. Absolutely. I've actually got some goo here. <laughs> some sparkling goo. 1994. It's a good year. You ever had a little cocktail called the jellyfish? <laughs> My eyes are red. I'm clearly so sick. <laughs> it's just a jelly shot with enough vodka to sting your mouth <laughs> when you drink it. <laughs> that just about wraps it up for the case of the Oakville, Washington blobs. <laughs> which is which is a double yes. <laughs> I did not see that coming. Jesus. When that one lit up the inbox. Yeah, I didn't think that was going to be a surefire yes. Oh, man, I love it. But like Roy says, if you have any of your own ideas for what would make a good investigation, send them through to this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com, which isn't to say that we don't have a ton of other great submissions already in the bag. We're just getting around to investigating them. That's all. Uh, there's just two of us and there's a goddamn planet full of paranormal shit out there for us to investigate. So we're going to be at this for a while. We will. If you enjoyed this, 
do send in your emails. You can also hit us up on the socials, twitter.com forward slash this para life, facebook.com forward slash this paranormal life. Of course, the this paranormal life Facebook group, the secret society, where um, all the best investigators are hanging out in a kind of gentleman and gentlewoman's club oh, of yeah. uh, evening time fraternity conversation, candlelit dinners and uh, jellyfish cocktails over talks of the paranormal. Um, it's very sophisticated is what, oh, what I'm trying yeah. to say. People are chucking around some golds like they're nothing. You may have noticed that we don't run ads on This Paranormal Life. That's right. The only way that This Paranormal Life is sustained as a... Um, thing through this universe that requires matter to keep it going is through yeah. our glorious listener support on patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life and patreon.com if you're not familiar it is a fantastic website that allows you to connect with um people like us just directly there's no middleman there's no goddamn sponsors there's no mibs there's no men in black there's no government agents trying to get in the way and yeah. carve off a little coin um basically we provide you with extra episodes, Discord channel with shoutouts, with merchandise, and then you can support us from as little as two bucks a month. Absolutely. And, you know, I don't want to hold your yeses hostage, but if I don't get paid, I stop believing. That's just how it works. I mean, that's an awful attitude to have. Well, I, I mean, it's true, right? You straight up told me that at the bar last night. Well, yeah, you said as soon as the well dries up. I'll tell them none of it's real. I didn't. You said that. That was after like two beers. We hadn't even started drinking yet. I think we were waiting for the first beer to get here. Yeah, well, I I had a couple, had a a beer at home, so I was pretty buzzed already. (laughs) That must have been it then, yeah. Because I was, I was, couldn't even stand up. I was (laughs) stocious. We meet at the bar at 7 p.m. and I'm like, those bitches (laughs) don't pay us enough to say yes. To podcasts. (laughs) um yeah all jokes aside you can get t-shirts you can get bonus episodes every month um there's a whole rake of them up there and people are really enjoying them so far touch wood so um check it out patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life people who support us on patreon we like to shout out right here on the podcast and that's what we're gonna do right now let's go thank you to joby bon joby himself Legendary rock star? I think it's actually uh, Steve Jobs. (laughs) (laughs) Paranormal inventor. (laughs) He invented the ghost. Truly a visionary uh, before his time. Incredible. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks, Joby. Uh, Really appreciate that. Thank you also to Robin. Holy Patreon donation, Batman. (laughs) Robin's here to, to support the podcast. Thank you so much for taking a little break from saving the day, Robin. Uh, I, know, I know Batman does most of it, but like you're there at least for moral support and shit. Yeah. Uh, but you've taken some time off that to give us some moral support, and we appreciate having you in our sidecar. Thank you to Connor Ingram. They call him Medal of Honor Connor, named after the fact that he would be the least likely soldier to ever receive the award. After he and I defected from the front line. There's no way you're ever getting one of those, like, what do they call, like, purple crosses or something? Absolutely not. No, they gave me the freaking dirt cross. That's right. Which is just a bundle of sticks they staple to your naked chest as you run, run, run from the sound of gunfire. The coward's cross. I got the coward's cross and he got the purple shart. Because <laughs> he shit his pants when the first bomb dropped card or not connor 
we love you we love so, you man uh, thanks for being on board here with us supporting the cast appreciate it thank you also to sean hannon Han on a minute it's sean hey you know sean may look like a pawn but he's actually a goddamn queen not a king no hell no not a king kings are not. useless there's only one king <laughs> i'm the king it's me actually he's not even a queen he's like a bishop and you know what sean i'm not even sure you're a bishop i think you're like uh uh, a checkerboard piece that has somehow been placed in the wrong box and was put on the chessboard You were a Monopoly car that somehow <laughs> fell into the box of chess pieces. <laughs> Which means, you know, you're, you're it's a bit of a mismatch of a character, mm-hmm. but you've made the game already more exciting. Absolutely. I mean, you can just, like, Tokyo drift all over the chessboard. Of course, because if there's any takeaway from this ramble, it's the chess is boring as shit. Yeah. Run over the king. While you're at it. Uh, thanks, Sean. Thank you also to Amber. Amber? I barely know her. In fact, I don't think anyone knows her. I think it's actually like a code name. I don't think it's probably their name at all. Yeah, it's like Code Amber. And that just represents a person. They, they might even be some kind... Like, they are so secretive. They might even be like a piece of software. It might be like a, like a Cortana-esque... Uh, like AI or something. Yeah, or like the nickname of a gun. No one knows Whoa. what Amber is. Is it a person? Is it a weapon? Right. Like in a in a 90s thriller, it would turn out to be some kind of code name for like a nuclear program. It's like Amber is actually a doomsday device that the Soviets are working on. Yeah, Project Amber. Look, whatever Project Amber is, he, she... It is supporting us on Patreon, and we are so damn grateful. It's probably not a weapons program, then, is it? If, if it has a if PayPal it's got account, pay- PayPal. Yeah, sure. I don't. I don't think it is. I think it's probably a woman. So yeah. thank you. Thanks, Amber. Thank you. Lastly, but not leastly, to Chelsea. She's coming to get us by Chelland or by Chelsea, like one of those goddamn James Bond cars that can just, at the flip of a switch, become a boat. She's like the Terminator of humans. Yeah, she's the the liquid Terminator of humans, that's right. Just kind of busts through brick walls, flies through the air. Whatever it takes. Chases down teenagers on mopeds with an 18-wheeler. And a double-barrel shotgun. Yeah. Chelsea is unstoppable. Yeah. And luckily, the one thing she wants to do more than anything is support us on Patreon. We've tried to stop her as well. She's giving us a dangerous amount of money. Like, I'm pretty sure she has kids. And they're, I mean, they're DMing us being like, Chelsea, stop buying groceries. Any chance we can get a (laughs) kickback from all that Patreon cash. Like, my tuition at the school was actually due on Tuesday. And I asked her about it. And she just pulled out a double barrel. Um, You know, she's she's really, really uh, taken this way too far. And those double barrels are loaded with pennies. (laughs) Yeah, to just blast. Um, Which is kind of an insult because that's not enough to pay for a child's education. No. Uh, So, Chelsea, we appreciate the support. Uh, Maybe feed your kids, um, but just a little. You know, they don't need much. They're small. Don't stop giving us. We kind of like the current arrangement, to be honest. Yeah, because we're big boys. We need big food. So, you know, your kids are little. They need little food. They need a (laughs) tiny amount of food. Pennies. Actually, the shotgun's fine. Keep doing the shotgun thing. Change nothing, actually. Uh, thank you so much, Chelsea. And thank you to everyone who supported us on Patreon this month and every month. I mean, Jesus, we've been doing it for a while now. And the only way that's been possible, um, we're coming up on episode 100. And that is all possible through the Patreon support. So true. Um, so thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Namaste for that. Seriously. 
And I hope you enjoyed this episode. We will be back next Tuesday for another brand new paranormal tale. Bye-bye, folks. Ciao for now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.